live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Trophy Chase. You can find me at Twitter, or excuse me, on Twitter, at Trophy Chase TFDR. And as always, my main man, Cody, where can I find you? Yeah, you can find me at Twitter, on Twitter, at Cody Smith TFDR as well. You can check us out on YouTube at the Fantasy Draft Room. Wherever you get podcasts, we're there at the Fantasy Draft Room as well. Tune in on both if you want to. We, we, you know, we deserve some double listens and double likes and double comments, whatever you guys can give. So yes, we sir. appreciate it all. Well, we have a fun episode here this week. We've had a lot happen in the NFL. Um, a lot of injuries, a lot of things changing in Dynasty. So we're going to touch on some of the trends that we've noticed, how to react to those or not overreact as many have been. It's been it's been wild. So um, we're going to kick things off here. Let's start with the, the biggest thing. The RB5 went to RB1 in, the, like, in that game. He was RB1. We're like, ah, oh, Brees Hall, running back one. Where? We're there. He climbed the mountain. He's he's made it. He's overtaken JT. And just like that, torn ACL. Gone. Dead. Who, who wants Brees Hall now? It's over. What are you doing with Brees Hall? What are, what are we talking about here? It's a torn ACL, minor meniscus injury from everyone that we've kind of talked to that's uh, tapped in or is a, a physical therapist seems to think that it's obviously not as bad as a J.K. Dobbins injury because it's just the, the ACL and meniscus. Where you at? What are you thinking? Yeah, it's really great that it's only you know slight damage to the meniscus. We don't have a J.K. Dobbins type injury where we're seeing multi-ligament injuries because we've seen it with J.K. this year. They're hard to come back from, and even if you do come back, pretty uh, increased risk of re-injury at that point as well. So luckily we don't have that, but we've talked about this process play. We've talked about the pro- this process play with Javante, but now it's the RB1. So are you doing the same process play that you were doing with Javante that you're now doing with what we thought is we were seeing, we saw him become the RB1 in that game in terms of most people's fantasy, you know, dynasty rankings mind. And so it's hard to, it's hard to still take that process play. And in most scenarios, I'm still doing it. I don't care. I'm still selling for the 23 first. I don't want it to be now. We're, we're far enough into the season here in week seven going into week eight here, whatever this will drop. We're far enough into the season to where you should know where these first lie. And if these first project to lie in the back nine to 12, I probably won't do it. I won't send it for literally any first. I won't spam offer it in every single league, every single first. I'm going to be a little bit more cautious with it, but most most of these picks, especially if you're going to give me anything in the top six, seven, Brees is gone for a first. I don't care anymore. Yeah, the, the singular first thing, like it's still something because of of where he was at in Dynasty and where even, even if you have him as top three, he's still someone in Dynasty that you could ask for a first plus. Um, I wouldn't get too crazy and say I'm getting two firsts for him because that's not going to happen. But if you can get a first and a player, first and a second, like I'm, I'm asking for it. I'm at least going to try, but I'm willing to accept a middle of the first round of the 23 class and, and just get out. 
I mean, it, it sucks. Like it's it's the right process play. Like you, you got to take that draft capital that is a much more tradable asset and and move it. And, and, and you can do a lot more with that. The, the the only reason I would hold, the only reason I would hold him is if I'm a rebuilder and my window is already two years out, I'm looking at 2024, I might be willing to hold that asset unless I can get the first and a second value. Because as we've seen with these running backs that come back, that most likely that's what you're going to buy back in at. So when Brees Hall's on the field next year before he plays a game, you can buy back in for a first and a second. You might even be able to buy back in at a first. So it's like I'm still willing to hold that, wait for him to get back on the field because he did look really freaking good, man. Uh, enough to put him up in that upper echelon of players where not not quite bam tier. We're not doing that with a running back by any means necessary, not, not doing that with him. But super talented. You can see the path to him getting back to a, a running back one or back in that top five. But yeah, I think that's the only reason I would hold. Are you, it's, are you buying under any circumstance? Are you at all? I'm not really buying in pretty much any circumstance at this point, because I can still pick that asset up later. I don't think the value is going to change much between now and a month out from the beginning of the season next year. Until we start seeing those hype, the hype videos coming out of, Oh, he's back. He's training. He's making all the cuts. Then his value is going to start to back up but until then his value is going to be dead and during that time there's just a lot of things that can happen that can only be negative where he can suffer setbacks they can re-sign james robinson and now you have three running backs in the backfield there's a lot of things that can happen here where not much good can happen and his, his value is going to be steady or falling for the next probably six months and it's not where i want to hold my value i am with you though where it's not a full send full sell for any first in any situation whatsoever if i am one of those teams and i have one of them that i just started the process on probably right now where it's going to be it's probably not even going to happen in 23 i've accumulated a couple of the 23 picks and now i'm starting to accumulate the 24s because i don't see it happening until then the league where i will go out and i'll try to send a first and maybe a small piece first and back in second first and third and i'll go pick up a breeze because by all accounts he should be back next year and although i don't expect the production to be back to the level that it was this year next year i do expect it to be back in 2024 as long as he doesn't suffer any of those setbacks and he could vault himself back up into that category it's kind of the path that we've seen with saquon here where yeah. it's the it's been the two year out that that was a little bit because of the ankle injury and you know other situations there in new york last year but there's not many times where you just flat out tear an ACL and you come back the next year and you're locked and loaded RB1, RB2, RB3, right back and ready to go. Yeah, I think that's why you sell. You, you sell, you take that first and second. You know, I think the you mentioned it. You, you kind of know who's a playoff team and who's not in your league at this point. Um, if it's a for sure, like, hey, this guy's tanking. Like I would reach out, man. Like I'm reaching out to see if I can just send that send Brees Hall for a singular first, where it's like this guy's tanking. Maybe it's not Bijan, but maybe it is, and maybe that guy's willing to take you know the risk on on getting Brees Hall for a first. I'm like, oh well, that's a that's a locked and loaded running back. Like I can he'll be back next year. You know he's rebuilding too. So I would I would try targeting those guys that are for sure non playoff teams that you can get a top five pick get yourself in the quarterback range, get yourself in the Bijan Gibbs range. That's what I'm looking to do. If I'm doing a singular first, otherwise give me a first plus. I, I need a player. 
you know, a, a, a young player that I kind of believe in that hasn't quite had the hype yet. Um, or look at 24, man. If I can get a 24 second um, or even a 24 first and a 23 second, like I'm, I'm looking at different options of what I can do to to accumulate value for Brees at, at probably the exact same cost. Yeah, and it's it's a thing where it's very league dependent, especially on the buy side right now, right? Where a lot of your teams that are going to be holding Brees Hall I mean, they probably just lost their RB1, RB2. Maybe they've suffered a couple other injuries, and they're already punting to 23. So a lot of teams and a lot of leagues, Brees Hall's not going to even be on the block, not even be almost a tradable asset, where they're still going to be asking for a two-first price because they don't have any reason to ship him off right now for the first. And it's going to be a lot of dynasty managers' minds. I know it's not exactly ours, but there's going to be a lot of spots where he's not even going to be an acquirable asset. And... Hopefully you're playing in the portfolio where you can actually go out to other leagues. And if you are in multiple of those positions where you're in the 24 rebuild out, hopefully you can acquire there because we're, we're going to kind of touch on this a little bit throughout this episode of it's very league dependent upon where you can actually make these, make these moves. It, it, it isn't just, Hey, we, we can't blanket statement everything and say, Hey, go out and, buy for a first and a second, sell for a first and a second, because every every single league is only dependent upon what the 11 other people in your league value that player at. And so it, it's the thing that we have to remember moving forward where these blanket statements just really, as much as it's your general fantasy advice, you have to know your own league. And I think that's one of the major takeaways from this and every situation like it. Absolutely. You have to know your league. And if you don't, you need to get to know them. Follow follow along with what's going on in chat. Reach out to these people. Figure out where they're at with certain players. Figure out, you know, if you know someone loves Brees Hall, I, you're probably going to see people overpaying for Brees Hall right now and, and sending off two firsts just because they love the player so much. But it's going to be far and few between. That's not what we think is going to happen in the average league. And that's why we say, hey, this is about where we're at. And if you can't like that's that's our minimum as well. Like if, if I can't get the 23 first and people are only offering me seconds and, and kind of, you know, Brian Robinson type players, I'm holding. I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I get what I want because I do know what Brees Hall is. And I do know as soon as that hype video comes out of him running and playing, we're good to go. So um, any last things you want to touch on on Brees before we move forward to our, our next injured player? No, I think uh, the only thing I have to. You know, a little bit of worry about Brees. You could see, especially with next year, you know, they did just bring in James Robinson. So he's on the last year of his contract. But if he shows out this year for the rest of the season and they want to re-sign James Robinson, I don't think it's likely to happen. But there's a yeah. scenario where, you know, they have Michael Carter, James Robinson, and Brees Hall all in 2023. It's just a little added factor of a little bit more of risk for playing for 2023. If you think he's going to come right back off the ACL and be a top 10 contributor for your team. Yep. I'm, I'm fully with you. So let's get into uh one DK Metcalf. Um, patellar tendon injury. Doesn't sound like it's a tear. If I'm not mistaken, probably not um, a tear. Uh, we just don't know anything because it's Pete Carroll and he's <laughs> awful. And he's probably what keeps injury analysts awake in their sleep at night and you know haunts their nightmares the the absolute worst for them and we wish we could know more but from what we know right now probably out a couple weeks he's saying he could even play this week you know thanks pete we can we can hope on that we he won't be ir eligible ever he won't be out eligible 
because if your league does allow IR out IR players to go on, he's just going to be questionable throughout the rest of the week for no reason because it's Pete Carroll. So thank you for that one, Pete. But outside of that, no, we do think he's probably going to miss like two, three weeks would probably be my guess right now. I've heard two to four weeks is kind of the time frame that we're looking at with, with DK. Um, and from everything that I've understood as well, from, from the people that we know that are in the physical therapy range, they don't think that this is a long-term thing that, you know, is going to plague him throughout the year, uh, which is a good thing, obviously. So for me, this is a buy the dip opportunity on DK Metcalf. He's not necessarily a player that is going, you know, to be a top 10 wide receiver like we had hoped um, after we saw, you know, that season with Russ. Gino's been super efficient. You do want DK, but if you can get yourself a DK share on the cheap, I'm willing to buy him. Uh, given this, you know, specific situation, obviously team dependent, things like that. What are you doing? Are you selling DK? Are you holding him? You want to buy him? So, so my initial reaction whenever I saw the injury was to buy. And I kind of looked at it as I was going through the process, though, and I saw really like he's still, I think he was after week six, wide receiver 22, 23. And I started thinking about it. And I'm like, like kind of like you said, Gino's balling out. So Gino, I think, has a good shot to be the quarterback in 2023 for this team. And if Gino's the QB, I don't see anything changing with Pete Carroll. I don't see anything changing with the offense. The team's winning games. There's no reason for anything to change. And if that's the case, why do I really want to buy DK Metcalf at the wide receiver 22 type of prices? Because I don't think I'm getting a discount past other guys in that range right now. And I don't see him really being able to vault himself back up into the top 10 wide receivers like he was, you know, year and a half ago. So it, it started to be a I, I wanted to say it was a buy for DK Metcalf for me, but I think I'm actually just going to pass. I don't have him. I don't think I actually have him anywhere in any of my leagues right now. And I, I don't think I really want to go out and acquire on this dip unless I can really go out and buy a low dip from a contending team that just needs the needs some other points. Like I can I can go send a wide receiver in the same range in that same 22 to 30 range Then I can go buy DK Metcalf. I think I'd be OK with it there on a team that's not contending, but it's, it's few and far between places where I really want to go out and buy TK Metcalf right now. Let me, let me ask you this. So Christian Kirk in a second, would you do that for DK Metcalf? If I figured the second was back end, I probably would. Okay. Yeah. Like it's like that kind of trade that I'd be looking to, to do. Um, would you do a back end first? If you're a, if you're a rebuilding team and you have multiple firsts, and you're like, man, I can I can eat the loss for this year, and, and you know, hope for DK's value to increase in the future. Would you send a back end first for DK Metcalf if that owner is willing to do? It? I mean, that's an if. It's, um, again, it's if you but, might not be able to do that, but man, I think I think I'm spending the capital elsewhere. Like I just okay. I don't see the upside from here and for 2023. And I think he's I think it's a flat asset to be honest right now, man. Yeah. You, not going to get an argument from me on that. I, I felt like when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, I would send a back in first for like, you know, uh, Devonta Smith. I'd send a back in first for, for a player like that. And it's like, 
why wouldn't I do that same thing for an injured DK Metcalf if he's out four weeks? Like, I feel like his value would go up, but you're right. Like the player himself, like I wouldn't be acquiring him to keep him long-term. I think the play for me would be, I'm going to get myself some DK Metcalf on the cheap. His value is going to go up in the off season, whether it's hype, whatever the case may be him being healthy. He's in a smash weeks towards the end of the season. And I can have some value in the off season where I can either get a first and a second or use him as a player in another deal. But he might just be a perennial wide receiver, too, that we're like, oh, if he only had a quarterback, oh, if he was only in a different system. That's I, where I'm with you on. That's that's kind of my worry is that I think yeah. the value rise that we would see in the offseason or that we're kind of you might be thinking is going to rise the offseason is because people are projecting a different quarterback to be there. <laughs> And it's True. still going to be Geno. And as much as Geno's balling out, he's still only producing him as the wide receiver 22. So as long as Tyler Lockett's there, which he is going to be, as long as DK Metcalf's there, which he's going to be, and as long as Kenneth, Kenneth Walker's there, which he's going to be, I just don't see a way in which I mean, his touchdown rate maybe goes up, but he's not even producing. You know, He's had two touchdowns throughout the season. He put up one 149-yard game, and outside of that, 36 yards, 35 yards, 34 yards. It's gross, man. It's it's not great, even though but the offense is winning. So that, that's my that's my only concern. You get me into sending a 24 first that I think is on a man, but even then, like it has to be a contender team. And then I don't know about that one either. Damn um, trying to predict a contending team two years out. Like it's yeah, I mean it's it, but it's a fool's errand. But yeah, DK Metcalf's probably just a player and in majority 95% of situations, I'm probably just avoiding. Yeah, I think if I have him, I'm I might be willing to hold unless I can get a good price or I can get a good player that I know is going to be on the field and getting me points. The the problem is like if you want to sell DK, you're gonna have to wait for him to come back. You're gonna have to wait for him to play a game in two to four weeks. Hope that when he does come back, he is ready to roll, and then I'd be willing to sell him. And and you know we're at that point in the in the season where you're waiting, let's say four weeks. You're, you're right at the end of trade windows. You're right at the end of the season. You're hoping you're in the playoffs at that point. You can get some value to a, a team that is tanking. I think you can do that, but I'm not selling right now simply because I think his value is at a low. He will come back soon before that trade window closes, and I think that's when the value will get enough of a bump up that I'm not going to be selling for cheap necessarily on DK. So um, that's kind of where I'm at, but I'm I, I, totally see where you're coming from yeah, I'm with I, can, there. I can understand the trade deadline he's coming back right before probably most of the leagues out there so trying to buy trying to flip for a little bit of a profit on that bump, or on that trade deadline bump i can understand that one let's get into our next player here the unfortunately he's always injured it's mike williams you know, I've been saying it all off season. I was going to be much higher on Mike Williams, except for the fact that every time he jumps up, he crashes into the ground with the force of a thousand suns. And unfortunately, this time he didn't even do that. This one is almost more even fluke. He was actually you know, landing gracefully sometimes this season, which is weird for Mike Williams. But this time got his ankle caught up under a guy, high ankle sprain, going to be out at least four weeks with the IR designation already. We're hoping it's four weeks, could go into six weeks. And it's scary for Mike Williams. If you have him on any contender right now, are you trying to ship him off, trying to just get some points on your roster to replace him? What are you trying to do with Mike Williams? So 
Eric Vanek of America's Game, uh, part of the you know Destination Devi team, said this is one of those injuries that's going to linger. Like he he was immediately like this, this is not something that you're going to come back from. I don't care if he comes back and you know after five weeks, eight weeks. Like this is going to be an injury that plagues him for the rest of our fantasy season. Maybe he's going to be okay playoff time, but are the Chargers in the down. playoffs? Yeah, like that doesn't matter for us. <laughs> we do not care. So, I, I the problem is, is what are you doing? Like Mike Williams for me all off season, it, it was he played so well, he got his contract, and he's going to be like the Corey Davis, where <laughs> Corey Davis played really well his last year in Tennessee, got his contract, went to went to the Jets, and then just fucking disappeared. Mike Williams still has some good games here and there, but like for the most part, it's not like he's been the wide receiver one that he was through five, six weeks last year. Like I wasn't in on him in, to, to begin with. And now with a high ankle sprain, like what are you selling him for a second? Second. I think that's what you're selling for. If you're going to sell oh. him for just draft pick. Oh, and it, and, it, and it pains you. Like if you're, a, if you're a Mike Williams owner, like it pains you to sit there and look at that and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to sell him. I'm going to sell for a single second, or I'm going to try and get a, a second and a third or something like that. Like, He's out for, I'm going to say, like, fantasy production-wise, he's not going to give you much for the rest of the year at all. Keenan Allen's coming back at the right time. I'm just, I guess, yeah, sell, hold to the offseason, maybe hope for something then. Like, if you need, like, and what are you going to buy with a second and a third? Right. I just, it's a tough situation, man. And I just pulled him up. I mean, and the league, I pulled him up, and he's wide receiver nine on the year. Like, man, was balling. Really? Had a fantastic last game. Nine targets, seven receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown before he got injured and taken off the field. I mean, man, was balling. But more than not, more than I would have thought, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed him to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. I wasn't either. Like, I, I didn't pull him up to, to look at him, but like, yeah, man, like, I honestly. Just based on, I guess it makes sense. You know, Keenan Allen's been out. He's been he's been the he's one been the there. guy. Yeah. So I guess it does make sense. I mean, I guess he, he you know, obviously he can do it when given the opportunity. Um, man, though, that like it it hurt to sell him off on a contender right now. It would really hurt. But if you need, if I I think you, I think what my play would be in, in if I had him on. I would hope that he's on most contenders rosters and in most leagues. And I think what I would do is if I don't need him to make the push, I'm not selling him. I'm just going to hold. And until I need 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 to make the push, like if I need to secure a number one overall spot to get a buy, if I need to secure my fifth or sixth overall spot to make the playoffs, then I'm doing it. I'm not doing it preactively now. I just can't do it. If I, if I'm able to make the sneak in, I, I'm just gonna hold because it's just so much sunk cost compared to what he's he's been producing at. That's fair. Yeah, I know that's fair. I mean, and he is at that age range where people aren't gonna want to pay up for him, and that's the problem. Um, injury history, all of those things come into play. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, awesome. I, yeah, seeing those numbers, he has a few 100 yard games. Looking, you know. Looks like he was playing well, but Keenan Allen coming back would also dip into that. Happened last year too, you know, when when yep. Keenan did come back. And it, not that he's a bad player, but he's not a top ten wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I'm with you. I think you got to hold if you absolutely need it. Feel free to sell him. 
Otherwise, if you're a non-contender and you're holding him for next year, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. find a contender that's willing to buy and, and you can get something, but ah, get out on Mike Williams when you can, in my opinion. Like, wait yeah. till he's healthy and get out on him. Any any first year out, right? Oh, for oh for sure. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just, just wanted to put that one out there just in case. Like, if you want to go spam that in some leagues where you have them, just – Go spam that now because you can get. You give out. me two seconds for Mike Williams anywhere. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna think real hard about that. I'm like, like, it feels gross, but like I think I might do that just to get out on Mike Williams. But yeah. that's just me. I think so too. Uh, let's move on from one high ankle sprain to another high ankle sprain, and we're gonna go over to the Browns. David and Joku. We just saw kind of like the Brees Hall rise. We're seeing David and Joku rise at the tight end ranks. We finally have another guy. TJ Hawkinson isn't the guy. Waller isn't the guy. We need another mid-tier tight end guy. David and Joku was coming through for us. And high ankle sprain. He's out. Multiple weeks. Hasn't landed on IR yet that I know of. So he could be back within three, but he's probably still within that three to six week time range. Unfortunate for David and Joku. Um, however, Contrary to Mike Williams, I am buying David Njoku in just about every situation that I'm in. I feel like this is an insanely sneaky buy low opportunity because he is. It is a high ankle sprain um, projected out same kind of time frame, two to two to five or two to six weeks. I mean, it does vary, but he's he's a guy that that, you know, runs routes like you're going to be putting pressure on that that high ankle sprain. I don't think it's as severe as Mike Williams. So I, it'd be something that if someone is willing to sell me David and Joku, I am going after him. I have zero problem. He's he's PPR tight end for this year. He was, he was signed. He, he signed that big deal. Everyone kind of was like, what the heck? Like they didn't use him last year. Why, why are they all of a sudden going to use him? I haven't used him for like three years. <laughs> right. Like, and they're just like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to make sure we get, you know, give this guy the bag. And you're just like, okay. Like there's got to be something to this. Right. And they finally started to use him and you started to see the targets and the target share that he's getting. And this is without Deshaun Watson. So, the upside is there for a guy like this, and if I can go get David and Joku in a league, what are you, what are you paying? Do you think you think you have to give up a first, like multiple seconds? Maybe give up a, a, a. I mean, you might even be able to do like a Gasicki swap right now. I don't think you're getting Gasicki swap. There is a there is some Gasicki <laughs> hype because he's had some he's had some damn good games. But I think touchdowns. I think there's I think there's been enough stink on Gasicki that he's going to take a little bit longer <laughs> to bounce back from that one he's gonna have to show a little bit more to the dynasty community to bounce back from that one but what do you what are you paying Shoku, i'd pay two seconds okay i i don't think i'm paying a back end first though yet i'm not paying a first because like 23 first we're projecting into that class am i taking michael meyer with a 23 first I'm not doing that. Like he's, I don't think he's a first round pick. Now I know that's because tight ends take a little while to develop and we don't know the spot yet and everything like that. David Njoku has shown us. I mean, he was PPR tight end four before he just got injured right now, but I don't think I can send, I'm not, I can't send a first for a guy that's hurt and I'm going to be out on man. That's a, that's a bold bet. If you're going to make that bet, to carry into 2023 and still produce at a tight end four level. Cause if he does produce a tight end four levels, it's worth it. Oh yeah. 
so I guess that's that's been the fun question that that has been discussed quite a bit is George Kittle for David and Joku. And people oh. were happily sending George Kittle off for David and Joku. Yeah. So why not send a back in 23 first? Like as I think about that pro like that play, because like Kittle's worth the first, right? Like he's still worth the first. He's injury, he gets hurt all the time, but when he's on the field, man, the dude smashes. He probably is, and that's probably just you know. Your, your bias that you've been playing with over the last three years of saying, Hey, George Kittle yeah. is obviously worth the first. He's worth the first plus. Yeah. And in all reality, he's definitely not anymore. And in my yeah. opinion, unless you're in, you know, those heavy tight end premium leagues, especially if you're not in tight end premium, he's definitely yes. not worth the first. For sure. If you're not in tight end uh, premium, then <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're in that tight end, uh, high, heavy tight end premium, I think you can send that 23 first then. I, I think you're, I think you're on the right process with that one uh it, it would hurt man is that the way you want to use your 23 first though if you're a contender right now to buy on an injury to. Dip? i don't think you have to i think send that's the big thing with seconds yeah some seconds second yeah do try and find a tight end that you have on your roster pair it with a second or a third like explore options to get david and joku though that's where i'm at right now yeah, definitely go for it because he's a he's a buy low candidate right now. I think we're wrapped up with Njoku. Let's get to the only guy who was not injured in week seven. He was injured in week six, but we haven't really gotten to talk about him yet. It's a Mr. Marquise Brown out of Arizona. Got hurt just in time for DeAndre Hopkins to come back from his suspension. And unfortunately, fractured his foot. It uh, doesn't require surgery at this point, but he's still been late placed on IR. He's out four to six weeks from the information that we have at this time. Yep. Chase, do you have Hollywood Brown in one of our main leagues? Yeah, what I are do. you doing with Hollywood Brown? I so as a as a contender, I am exploring trade options. I do feel like the breakout that we've seen from Hollywood this year was real the whole thing with him in baltimore was if he got the volume what kind of wide receiver would he be and i know he had 17 targets in one game and i know all this was without d hop however he did all of this with you know the number one corner on him like deandre hopkins is back they can move hollywood around in the formations i am not worried at all about Hollywood long-term long-term if I'm a contender this year and I have a chance to win I do feel like there's going to be the dip in production when he comes back it, it is a it is a fracture there's the risk of re-injury so you you know you're you might want to consider getting off of that if it's a best ball I'm not as concerned but lineup leagues if you have to start him six weeks from what last week puts you around week 14 or week 13. Yes. Yes. Week 13, which is right before a lot of people's playoffs. You then have a They're game or two of, by week 13. So you're so, not, you're, you won't have them until the playoffs playoffs. More than and do you want to roll him out game one with confidence that everything is truly healthy and healed and, and he's ready to go. I don't think this is something that's going to plague him necessarily, you know, as far as like a high ankle sprain, hamstring injuries, those types of things. But it does give me cause for concern. So if I am a contender, I'm happy to explore trading him, not selling him for cheap, though. 
He is a 25, 26-year-old wide receiver who is showing what he can do with his old college quarterback. Like, I don't have any long-term concerns about him, so I'm not really willing to sell cheap. I would hold him, and if you have to sell him, I want like a first and a second value, man. I really do. Like, I maybe that's being too much. Like a first and a third value. Let me say that he's worth more than a singular first, mid first. Let's leave it. You know, and if you want to kind of put it there, and maybe I'm off base here. I only have one Hollywood share, so I don't want to sound too too biased in that area. But I do think he's worth a bit more than just a singular first right now. And it's kind of the issue. It's kind of like, in in my opinion, what you need to do on a container side of things is kind of what we were described with Mike Williams and what you kind of just described there is you're, you're not selling short hold until you have to sell short. That's I think where I'm at. And the unfortunate thing for, if you were trying to sell Hollywood and weren't able to yet, like you said, he wasn't doing it with D hop, but he was still commanding the cornerback, but D hop just came out there and produced week one with a dominant game. And people are going to look at that and say, Nope, it's D hop. Like this is D hop's offense. D hop's the one. And so you're not, I don't think you're going to get the value in most places. And I do feel like the, to play the other side of it is a lot of people already were out on Hollywood and they weren't too comfortable with with what was going on they're just like oh well d hop wasn't there he's injury prone oh look he got hurt here we are if this is this is good old hollywood brown in, in full full form so i you're going to battle that in your leagues and i think that's going to hurt finding trade partners but there are plenty of people out there that do like him and i think if you find the right player like to find the right player I don't see a reason why someone wouldn't want to buy into him long-term, especially if they're rebuilding or looking at next year. Don't need the points. Get the points off your roster. Here's a here's a talented player who can put up wide receiver one numbers on a given week. And I, I'm, I'm actually very excited to see both of them on the field at the same time because this offense needs a boost. That defense is awful. And if you're telling me they have to throw the ball and it's going to be D-Hop and, and Hollywood, that's going to be a lot of fun, like for fantasy, at least. I don't give who cares about the Cardinals being <laughs> awful, but it's going to be a lot of fun for fantasy. Let me tell you that much. Yeah, hopefully Cliff can figure out how to call an offense for once yeah. in his life, and not put Rondell Moore on the outside as a five seven, five seven wide receiver for an entire game. But besides the point, um, Hollywood's <laughs> just one of those players that I think for what most people are going to want to be selling him for, you're not going to get it done. And for what most people are going to want to be buying him for, you're not going to get it done. So I think he's going to be an easier buy than he is a sell right now. And in most of my league, if I'm in any league where I'm not contending right now, I'm going to, I'm going to inquire about Hollywood because if somebody's, if somebody's in that position where they're willing to sell short, a little bit shorter, sell for that singular 23 first, yep. then I think I'm willing to go out and buy. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that is something that I think you can get done is sending out a back end first in your leagues, trying to see, Hey, here's the capital. This is, this is something that you're going to need to, to do. You know, you need the points to make the playoffs, make that run, make that push, um, go find something. I will say if you are selling and you can't get what you want just for Hollywood packaging is what I would try to do. Giving Hollywood in a second Hollywood in a first and try to get yourself into a, another tier. 
Um, and I think that will entice people because people will be excited about that potential of Hollywood, even though there is risk and they get a first or and they get a pick. Um, that would be enticing for some people. So explore those options, send out those trades. That's kind of what I'd be looking to do if I had Hollywood and I can't sell Hollywood for what I want. Yep. Uh, I think that, think that wraps it up. Yep. Let's get on to our last guy here. And this one's really just for me. Um, a fan favorite. A fan favorite. Um, Eric from uh, America's Game Pod got me on this one. Daniel Bellinger. Man, he was he was another breakout tight end that I was I was so excited for. I have him in like four, I think I have him in like four of nine leagues or something like that. And just freak injury, hand through the face mask, fractures his orbital eye socket, and just down on the field, stretchered off, blood just rushing down his face. One of the more gruesome non-break. I guess he still broke his orbital bone, but and one of the more gruesome injuries I've seen in a bit where it's just blood pouring down and everything like that. But unfortunate, may not even play again this year, out four to six weeks. Um, just unfortunate for Daniel Bellinger. I thought I had to put him on as, you know, send him off in a nice farewell for either the IR. Um, but if you can, man, we love the talent. We love what we saw on the field. So if you can just go throw a back end third, a fourth or some. Alberto, go throw Alberto because Alberto ain't playing right now. Go throw somebody the hope of Alberto that he gets traded and go pick up Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, you know, I think he would be a good guy to target and any just random as a random throw in piece at this point. You know, don't go out there necessarily like, oh, I want your Daniel Bellinger, like, you know, uh, tight end for tight end or tight end plus. Like, that's not what I'm doing. But if I have a wide receiver trade and I'm looking for a little bit of a plus, I'll throw in Daniel Bellinger and, and try and get him on my rosters for the future. Cause yeah, he looked good as a rookie. They were giving him opportunities. He was excelling in that, in that role. And he was the clear tight end one on that team. So not sure he's going to be a top three tight end, top five tight end in dynasty, but he's going to be a solid, I think starter week in and week out, especially with the, I mean, true God awfulness. That is the tight end position beyond what Kelsey and Andrews? I mean, yeah, you have Pitts, yeah. but he's not doing anything either. No. So probably better yeah. than Cole Komet, better than Irv Smith, better than every other one of those guys throughout this year. There, uh, Tanner Hudson, backup, go pick him up. Yep. And he's he's the next man up. So go pick him up. I figured I just wanted to throw him in there. Let's get to our second phase of this episode, though. And I have been went on a little bit of a tirade earlier today. I've been, <laughs> I've been, it's been annoying me, man. The, the dynasty community, I've been, I've been listening and listening to what people are saying, the trades that they say they would do, the people that they're high on, the people that they're falling on. We are a goddamn fickle bunch of people. Two weeks, two fucking weeks is all it takes. For people to just be over the moon, goddamn high on people. And just out of nowhere. And it is especially bad with these young players. These rookies, these sophomores. They are guys that just, everybody, it's it's the thing of hope. It's the thing of hope of what they could be. It's the thing of, oh, they're just starting. They can get so much better from here. They can be the next 
Jonathan Taylor. They could be the next Brees Hall, even though nothing in their profile is showing that. Nothing in their situation is showing that. They put together two good weeks, and now we want to vault them up into the top 12? It's wild, man. Man, I fickle, fickle bunch. Let's get into these players, though. I know I could go off. I could go off for a while. Let's get into the individual players who have seen these meteorizing, meteorizing. I don't know what this word is. Rising meteoric, meteoric rises. There it is. <laughs> meteoric rises. It's meteoric rises. The George Pickens experience. We saw this in preseason. He wasn't even playing in an actual NFL game. What are we doing, people? In preseason, I know he's produced well as of late. But let's just yes. take a little time travel back to preseason. Whenever he was balling out, whenever Kenny Pickett was the backup yet, he wasn't even playing with the first team. And he was just catching balls in preseason, putting up big numbers. I don't deny that. But it's preseason. But it's preseason. <laughs> What are, we, what are doing? we doing? What are we doing? So we're going to use KTC value here to see where these guys have started, where they've risen to, where they've fallen to. George Pickens comes in his preseason peak whenever everybody was at their highest point with him. Wide receiver 21. He comes into the first two games, three targets, two targets, one reception in both games. Oh, what, what is this from George Pickens? He sucks. Dead. So he goes into wide receiver. He goes into KTC in, in week three. Wide receiver 36. Drops 15 positional wide receiver points because we haven't seen any work over the first two weeks. This is a guy that we were high on from three weeks of preseason all the way up to 21. Two weeks of regular season. Dead. Don't want anything to do with him anymore. He's wide receiver four. Yeah. You know, we always talk. We always talk about. Be, you know, you're fine. You're fine, man. Like we always talk about being prisoner of the moment, and like that's one of my biggest things. Is like we're just we get so caught up in what have you done for me lately? What is going on right now? And and that's fine. Like it, it, it is okay that that happens, right? Like we get that we see something special, or we see a great game, we see a great few weeks, and we get really excited about something. Like that's fine. However, it is it is how how do you use that knowledge to benefit us? Because we know that, you know, obviously I don't I do want to jump into the second part of George Pickens real quick here because he was a guy that if you had him in the preseason, you were selling him for 23 first in the preseason. And then all of a sudden those two bad weeks happened and it's like, oh well, maybe he's not what we thought. Yeah, you know, we have Claypool and Deontay and we got He's, there's so many mouths to feed. It's yeah, it's just not going to be his. Yeah, no, terrible. Like, not going to work out for him. Down to wide receiver 36. But all of a sudden, we have round two of George Pickens. I just want to jump into it now real quick. Here, Go for mind. it. Go for it. So after he was wide receiver 36, week four he posts the six catches, 102 yards, no touchdowns. And he enters week five. As wide receiver 19, entering week five, went all the way up to wide receiver 19, and now he's wide receiver 17. There have been, has been a few weeks of production. He's got Kenny Pickett, but we're back in on 
Pickens being wide receiver 17? One week. One week after his three bad weeks, post a 100-yard game, and he's higher than he's ever been again. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand it. And I get again. It, we're not sitting here saying that that George Pickens is bad, or that any of these players we're going to talk out talk about are bad or busts or anything like that. It is the fact that we're overreacting to something that is happening, and it is okay to react. But when people are overreacting and giving guys bumps like this all the way up into you know the top half of you know, wide receiver two range, when we've seen five games from him. Yeah, there's reasons to be excited, but there's also the realistic possibility. Like, yes, Claypool getting traded is a possibility coming up. If that happens, could things open up for George Pickens? Sure. But if it doesn't, he's going to have a lot of competition going forward. Consistency is going to be a challenge for him. So I am using this information to sell George Pickens. Still hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Like when people get uber high on a player and we'll got, dive into some other ones here that are crazy high, you sell based on what you're seeing. And I know it's hard to do as the owner because you're like, oh, well, you know. If he does it for another three weeks, then he's up here. Yeah. But how high can he really go right now? So I, I George Pickens is one. I'm still on the boat. If, if I can sell for a 23 first, you know, get, give me a, a borderline playoff team, 23 first, I'm out. If a rebuilder wants him and, and is willing to give me like a back end first and a player, like I'm I'm exploring all options, but I want a first for sure if I'm selling George Pickens. Like. Yep. And just before we get off George Pickens, the, the Claypool trade and leaving argument has been thrown around everywhere. It's not like they're not gonna replace him. It's not Calvin Austin who just I think got put on IR. It's not Calvin Austin who's gonna be replacing him. Like they're like they're going to bring in somebody else. They're going to draft somebody else if they don't. Like it's not just going to be the only two of them in the receiving game. Like, I, if, even even forgetting that, I don't even care if they do trade Claypool. Like he's still going to be the two. Like people saying that he's going to take overtake Deontay Johnson. I just I don't, I don't see, see that happening this year. And I mean, yeah, he can get some targets, and he's the, the opportunity will be there for him. Can that offense feed two wide receivers? we'll see next year you know there's gonna be a lot of time for that to happen but man i just i'm not going out and buying him i'll tell you that right now i'm not going oh. out and buying george pickens like that is one i will we can we can stop the george pickens talk for the day we've had it we, we've kind of got it into it a little bit earlier but yeah I, i'm using that piece i'm packaging that piece if someone loves george pickens yeah they're out there find them in your league Find out who loves George Pickens and trade that man, George Pickens or woman, and make sure you get George Pickens off your roster. That is what I am doing. Not because he's a bad player, because it's the right play. Maximize that value. And if you want to buy back in later, you probably can. There will be a buy window. As we've seen, there was already, there was already one buy window for him. So already one where he drops the wide receiver 36 in KTC yes. value. So, Again, reemphasizing your point, we're not saying these players are bad. These players typically are very good. We just don't see the elite, elite top three wide receiver, top five wide receiver potential, or at least we're not jumping to that conclusion after yeah. seeing a couple of weeks of production. And this next player, 
very, very good wide receiver. I will actually still go out and buy this player in some scenarios. I okay. I will still go out and buy him. However, we saw Amon Ross St. Brown get tanked throughout the offseason. And I was, I'll admit, I was one of those people. I was not as high as I should have been on Amon Ross St. Brown. Those targets were those targets were earned. They were not just given to him because of the lack of options there. So he comes into the season on KTC at wide receiver 29. Balls out. Balls out weeks one and two. By week three, he's entering week three as the wide receiver seven. And before, even before week three, a day before week three started, he was the wide receiver six. Just the wide receiver six after two weeks. Now, I know what we saw last year. And we just saw two damn good weeks. Yep. But take a step. Let's take a step back. Ground yourself and say, what is this offense? It's the Lions and it's Jared Goff. We got way out over our skis on this one. We were saying the Lions were a playoff team. You remember that time in history? That was five they, weeks ago. They were the they were and they might still be, but they were the number one offense in football. Their defense is awful, but they yeah. were the number one offense, and Jared Goff was leading that charge. And and and, and things do change quickly. And so he, he obviously had got hurt, had his little ankle injury, had the concussion last week, uh, or he got taken out for concussion protocol, and he did not technically have a concussion, so he's supposed to be playing this week. Anyways, he's now at wide receiver 11. So the, the value has come back down. He's still a very good player. Like you said, he's still someone I'm willing to acquire and go out and get. But there's always, it's just like the stock market, man. When people get super excited about something and it, it blows up and, you know, AMC and GameStop and everything just starts skyrocketing. Like this is what happens is there, it comes back down to where that, that normal range is. And Amon Ra is still a guy that I do feel like could be a warp difference maker in the future. I do think that they need a quarterback change. I, you know, Goff did well early on. We'll see if that can continue for a full season. But what are you doing if you have Amon Ra? You know, I've, I've heard people saying that they're fading him. And I feel like that's not the not the thing to do. I feel like that's a bad fucking move. But what are you doing with Amon Ra? You said you'd be willing to buy him. What do you think you can get him for right now? I think I mean, you can get him not for a, a guy we're talking about in a bit. Okay. You can get him for Olave. Would you want to do that though? Would that feel like a lateral move? Or do you it'd feel be lateral. like it would okay. be lateral? I I definitely want I I want the addition on my side. Whatever yeah. the addition is. If I can get Amon Ra and a second, any second for Olave. Would you do a back end first and another guy we're gonna talk about, Jahan Dotson? Back end first and Jahan Dotson. That one's I honestly think if it wasn't Taylor Heineke, I probably. Oh man, then I'm saying Carson Wentz is good. You're acquiring, <laughs> you're acquiring Amon Ra for this. Though. Oh, so I'm like, acquiring. Would you, yeah, would you give that up for him, a first and Dotson to get Amon Ra? I think I would. 
Yeah. I, I, would. I would. Yeah. Um, and talk about a transition into it. Like Jahan Dotson. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you sold this man at his high. I did. I know I did. I, I sent off John Dotson in a pick and I went and got Drake London. And I know Drake London, you know, this year isn't necessarily something that I'm looking, looking at his production for me it was a, a long-term play, but like that was my move. And, and, and I capitalized on it because they were so excited about what John Dotson could become. He came into the season at wide receiver 39. He had what four games. He had four games. And he had four touchdowns in those four games. He had a single touchdown, two touchdowns, blanked in one, and then a, a touchdown. So he had four touchdowns, four games, got all the way up to wide receiver 21. Wide receiver 21. And obviously the injury happened, dropped back down to wide receiver 32. There's buy windows on all of these players. I'm not saying he's a bad player, not saying anything that I, I wouldn't want to acquire him at some point, but like, hey, I can go get him right now, and I'm probably pretty sure I can get him for cheap just because he's not healthy. So if you're able to sell at wide receiver 21 value or sell on the fact that, oh, this guy's going to only excel from here and is buoyed by touchdowns and his production is buoyed by touchdowns, I, I was done. I was looking for every opportunity to sell him when I could. Like this is this is what I don't get. Came in at wide receiver thirty nine, produces the two good weeks, has two bad weeks, one in which he's hurt. Yep. So he's really only had like one bad week because I believe in the first in the game he got hurt, fifty nine percent snap share in every other game he was above eighty five. Yeah. So he obviously did not play that full game. Not going to discredit him, and he even got thirteen point three points in that game. So had a tutty. Served you well. But now that he's hurt, just because of how, again, fickle is my favorite word to describe what we are right now. All that he is is hurt. There's nothing that's saying he can't keep elevating. That's the, that's going to be the argument that was being said four weeks ago. How has that changed? Because Taylor Heineke is the quarterback instead of Carson Wentz. But now he's all the way back down to wide receiver 32 just because we haven't seen him. Nothing has changed. In my mind, like unless you really want to give me the argument that Carson Wentz is a much better producer in terms of Jahan Dotson's value, then I don't I don't see any reason why this has changed from where we were four weeks ago because he's still a rookie. He still has all of the career ahead of him, still has all the upside, still has all of the room to continue to grow and produce. Why is he almost the same as where he was just because he produced for two weeks? And if somebody can explain that to me, please do. Please go in the comments. Please explain to me why this is, because I can't understand it. And again, it goes both ways. People perform, we we pump them up. People don't perform or aren't on the field, and we forget about them. And again, it's just being prisoner of the moment. And, and you know, Jahan Dotson, I, I just don't project to be scoring uh, – touchdown every single game so for me it was like that was my window to sell i am happy to go try to buy back in at this moment in time because he's hurt people don't care about him because he's not on the field like go out there and try and acquire him but to be honest with you i'm i right now with that quarterback situation like you're gonna have to hold him again it's not something necessarily like Jahan dotson's not so, something sexy where it's like he's gonna be a warp difference maker so if i have him right. i'll wait till he gets back on the field you know i think he's just gonna be a wide receiver to his whole career i just 
and that's that is a best case scenario for for Dotson for me. But here's almost my play: like, can I risk a mid second? Like, do you think you can buy Jahan Dotson for a mid second right now? After we've I seen think- what Alec Pierce has done, now they have the quarterback change as well. Yeah, but. But a mid twenty three second, like I mean, that I think that's where it gets me. Is like, would you rather Josh Downs or Jahan Dotson? Would you rather, you know, Zach Charbonnet? Like, like the guys in that range for a mid second. <sighs> See, but I'm not even thinking that far out because if he comes back and he puts together two more good games, then he's back up sure. to a first. I can turn a mid second into a first. Over that two is, weeks. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I, I do feel like if you want to try and do the value flip, that would be a guy to to do it with. And and you know, just because it could come back up or should come back up when he's back on the field, Washington offense is, is or Washington as a team is bad, so they'll be throwing. So yeah, I'm with that. Um, any th- last things you want to touch on with uh, with Dotson? Games against Indianapolis and Minnesota coming up. I think I'm buying John Dotson. Okay. All right. All right. I think I can Another get guy. two good games for that. So, yeah, let's move into our next guy. Another and guy everyone was buying was Garrett Wilson. He probably, was- <laughs> man, outside of outside of Pickens, the biggest buy-in I've seen over this over this first seven weeks of the season. Yeah, it was one of those things where he had the what 10 receptions, 102 yard or 100 yards with two touchdowns. And everyone was thinking that he was better than Drake, the best wide receiver in the class. Like, I can't, he did that with Joe Flacco. You can't wait to see him do that with Zach Wilson on a consistent basis. And then Zach Wilson comes back. Oh, and you can wait to see him do that with Zach Wilson. (laughs) Oh, you wanted to wait. Give me Flacco, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Give me Flacco for my fantasy producing wide receivers because Zach Wilson ain't throwing the ball. I mean, in that game, in that week two was when we saw Garrett Wilson's value explode. 14 targets. Whew. And I I don't know it off the top of my head, but since Zach Wilson came back, there's probably multiple games in which there haven't been 14 targets to wide receivers alone. I mean, I don't think it's been that bad, but like, let me just tell you this: Zach, Zach Wilson, and Garrett Wilson don't have that connection that Flacco had because it's been what, like, six targets, four targets, five targets, five targets since his return. It hasn't been good. I mean, you if you've started him since he broke broke out, broke out. If you've started him since then, you have been getting demolished. Like you're just you're taking an L in whatever spot you start him in. And I think that's the joke is like uh, breakout. Like obviously super talented player. Again, can't stress that enough that we're not shitting on Garrett Wilson saying that this dude is garbage. The situation sucks. Like the situation just sucks. Zach Wilson is going to game manage the heck out of the Jets. They love to run the football. There will come a time where we're actually going to see what Zach Wilson is because they are going to have a negative game script and Zach Wilson's going to have to throw more than 20 to 25 times. So far, he hasn't had to do that. There hasn't been a lot of pressure on him to perform. 
And that's good for the Jets. They're winning. Bad for fantasy because Garrett Wilson isn't getting targets. And if they do spread the ball around, I mean, they have Corey Davis. I know he, he his injury, but they have Elijah Moore. And I know there's drama around that one, but they still have Tyler Conklin, still have Michael Carter. They love throwing to the running back. Man, I, I, I will still buy Garrett Wilson. The point being with all of this is he came into the season, you know, at wide receiver 30, got all the way elevated after his, his boom week two wide receiver 13 one week one week one game he is now a wide receiver 19 so it's come back down to earth a little bit but i still i think there's gonna be a buy window all year for garrett wilson man and i i we talk about it all the time like there's there's buy windows for players and sell windows for players and, and you have to know when to take advantage of them i feel like now would be a good start for that buy window on garrett wilson just because he's not doing anything for people's teams. And if someone does need production, being able to give them a, a producing player, I, I feel like you, you got to make that move because I think Garrett Wilson has the, the tools and the talent to be a difference maker, but I don't think it's going to happen this year in that offense. And, and we'll find out if ever that's a possibility. Now I would say, same process over the next two weeks. Normally, this sounds horrible. They have New England and Buffalo. But, I mean, we just saw New England give up like a career <laughs> game to Justin Fields. So maybe they can give one up to Zach Wilson, too. Um, yeah. I don't know. But I, I don't think you're, I don't think the floor is there for Garrett Wilson yet. But yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting interested. I'm starting to get interested in the potential buying of the dip because yes. if he keeps producing like this for another couple weeks finally you know you know how we're fickle we're gonna we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep being fickle and he's gonna drop to like wide receiver 36 because he hasn't been producing and we don't care we don't care what our priors were on it he you know we're gonna start making the everybody's gonna start going to the excuse of, oh it was only joe flacco Zach Wilson can't be the production. It's all it's all of the arguments that we just used to lay out why he's re, he hasn't kept up the same production level. So if he keeps not producing at that, and if I'm on a rebuilding team playing for 23 late in the season, we'll go get me a Garrett Wilson. And if he yeah. pops off at the beginning of next season, late this season, then I can go flip it again whenever he rises back up to wide receiver 17 because he put together two more good weeks. Yeah, I, he, he is definitely one I'm willing to buy. I uh, love the talent, hate the situation. So hopefully that does change or hopefully Zach Wilson develops and grows and they open up that offense because um, you see what Debo does in San Francisco, similar style offense there in New York. And not saying that Garrett Wilson's going to be Debo in the running game, but Debo did have, what, 1,300 receiving yards last year. Like if Garrett Wilson can be the Debo wide receiver in that offense, I that's something you want on your team. So speaking of another guy, people want on their team, another Ohio state wide receiver and oh, one that hurts my head to talk about at this point is Chris Olave. 20 hours of discussion this week. Wasn't enough for you, man. My brain, 
hurts. Like it feels like <laughs> it was melted on Olave talk. And again, talented player. She's the hands down best producing wide receiver right now from this class. He right? is the new sexy wide receiver name. He's Boy, the he's he's the one now. Yep. He strung it together. And outside of the one week where he went out with the concussion and missed the game from the concussion, he's produced well. Like I'm not gonna not gonna fault him for that. He's put together nope. either either over 70 yards or a touchdown in five of the six games he's played so far this year. It's a damn good rookie year. Damn good. And he the argument for him is and, and him being able to keep this up. So he he came into the season just so everyone kind of knows wide receiver 17. So that's he, he started started high, right? Uh, came into week two, he you know had two what you'd kind of call average games. I mean, he had only three targets in the first game. Second game, he did get thirteen targets, but only had five receptions. So while it was a good game, I think at eighty yards, like good stat line, still dropped a little bit in value all the way down to wide receiver twenty-seven. And since then, he has you know tore it up, had one hundred and forty-seven yards. Rocket 67 and 54 with a touchdown and then this past week after the you know coming back from the uh concussion he had 14 targets seven receptions and 106 yards and and he's playing very very well the argument for him is the fact that he has an insanely high average depth of target in fact he's leads the league in average depth of target last time i checked so he's getting these deep balls he doesn't need to have a high volume he can get six you know six targets six receptions and he's going to end up pretty dang close to 100 yards or he can you know go over the century mark so that's the argument for him and it's going to be a similar argument against him as as amon ross st brown last year is there's no one else on the freaking football field oh no one <laughs> so else when Rashid Shahid is catching multiple touchdowns in the last couple of games, who is a name I have never heard of once in my life, he's the one catching touchdowns now for this offense. Like we thought Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway were pr- rough to watch last year. Olave's a good like, Olave's a damn good wide receiver, and he is yes. taking full advantage of this opportunity. But there's still two good wide receivers coming back. And Michael Thomas and Tyler, or not Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry. Those two are the same player in my mind all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Older, exactly older Tyler Boyd. But what's going to happen when they come back? What's going to happen if they come back and now Chris Olave produces two weeks in a row, two, three weeks in a row where he's six targets, four receptions, 45 yards. And he does that stat line for a couple of weeks. Wide receiver seven? is out the window. He's crashing back down to wide receiver 15. And that's the fear. That's the worry. And I know there was a couple games or there were a couple games that uh, obviously Michael Thomas was healthy. And so was, was Jarvis Landry. I understand that. And you're going to say, Oh, well, he still commanded this target share and it's still, you know, or he still commanded these targets. And, you know, I think the bigger thing for me is, it's still what I projected him to be. And, and he's playing like, to me, this is his ceiling. This is what 
we thought Chris Olave would be if everything clicked in his you know career wise. Like I don't think with Chris Olave, we talk about player development that there's going to be some massive development in, in his in his skill set where all of a sudden he is a legit wide receiver one year in and year out. I still project him as a a very good wide receiver too. And again, nothing wrong with that. I can't stress that enough. There's nothing wrong with that. But when a guy that I have personally, you know, put at a non-alpha build and I feel like would just project as a high-end or, you know, a high-end wide receiver to best case scenario is valued at wide receiver seven in Dynasty. I am selling that asset. I am selling that asset. Because one, how much higher can it possibly go? And two, can't you just trade down and get a player that is producing similar or is going to produce you know, that wide receiver two range and get a pick? Or... On the flip side, try to trade up. Like if someone else is valuing Chris Olave as a wide receiver seven, like why not try to go get yourself CD Lamb? Why not try and, and trade up and get yourself someone that is in that top three? Like I, I was saying, try and go get, you know, Jefferson or Chase. And it may be a little bit tougher to get those guys because they're just in that elite tier. But if someone believes in a man, like I think I'd throw Chris Olave a first and a second at, at one of those guys and see if I can get that done, like it sounds like, you know, because I just don't project Olave to, to stay here. So if I can get rid of a wide receiver to a first and a second and get that job done, I'm doing it. You can call that, but call it a two first, two seconds really easily. And some people who are in tear down mode will take that for their Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase right now. Yep. And so if you can get it done, uh, I sent it out, wasn't able to get it done in my leagues, but Y'all don't play in my leagues. Y'all play in your own leagues. Go send it out <laughs> in yours. Go spam people's inboxes with those because don't try to, I mean, I don't think that's a, it's not an offer that you could just like blow away as like, oh, that's a ridiculously low offer. I would never even right. consider that in my mind. I think it's, it, it's a little low probably for what I would want to send away one of those guys. But if somebody has the faith and conviction in Olave right now, I could see, I could see somebody doing it. So, yeah, go send it out in those leagues. And one more guy that we want to get into here before we get out of here, no, we're running a little bit over, is Kenneth Walker. We've seen a rise out of Kenneth Walker. Wasn't like these other guys where they've been producing, you know, just on their own and stringing a couple of good games together. Did unfortunately see the injury to Rashad Penny, broken ankle, and Kenneth Walker has to come in and take over the lead and workhorse role workhorse role came into the season as running back 19 and then in week five week five so he hasn't done anything for the first four weeks came comes into week five as the rb 20 that's the game that penny gets hurt comes into the game in week six on ktc value he's the rb seven so from 20 to seven just because of the injury had 88 yards and a touchdown in the game where penny got hurt so even then, good game. good game. Even then, good game. So he's already shown us something. Then he puts together another good game. Again, not taking away from anything he's put on the field. Been damn good. Love watching this man run. Yep. Goes into week six, puts up 21 for 97 and a touchdown. RB3. It's the RB3. 
And I believe this is before Brees Hall just had his injury, right? Yes. No, this, so is, th- this is this is this is this is his current. This is his yes. Current. This was so after he. Yeah, he just dropped the 23 and 168. And so uh, 23 carries, 168 yards. And I think that's what put him up at RB3. That's the three. But still, I mean, again, it's a meteoric rise. Yes, the the opportunity will not leave him. I think that is is the thing with with Walker where, like, I am not worried about the value moving and him, like, all of a sudden crashing down to, like, oh, he's going to go back to wide receiver or, sorry, running back 20. I don't see that in the range of outcomes. Not going to happen. He's going to stay up here. But what I'm doing with any running back that all of a sudden is in that top three, top five, sell him and move on. Like not saying to just take a singular first, but sell that value, man. Like he's RB3. Like RB3. You're not selling RB3 for a singular first. That's like two first plus. Man, like you can down tier off of like Kenneth Walker. I mean, you could probably get freaking CMC, but you can get Damian Pierce and a, and a first. You can get Nick Chubb yeah. and a first. Like you can get all of these players and a pick, get similar value or sorry, similar production and something else on top of it. And yeah, man, like I, the big thing for me with running back is we always sit here and say, oh, he's so young. We were going to have him for five years, six years, seven years. It's like, hey, you, you you keep telling yourself that we've seen the plethora of injuries at the running back position. And yep. that's what happens, man. Like, how comfortable is Jonathan Taylor going into next year's RV one? Like that, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Like, this is just. Just now, Jonathan Taylor locked and loaded RB1. One injury, not even season ending, and we're already going into 2024, like 2023, and then 2024, definitely not, because now he's yeah. no, he's way too old. So, like, you have to put yourself in that mindset where, like, you can say you're getting that for five, six years, but it's just not – it doesn't happen like that. You, you don't hold that value for that long. Especially with the running back position, it is one of those positions that Javante out, you know, out for the year. When we saw what happened with with Dobbins, when we saw what happened with Acres, with with ETN last year, like all of these guys got hurt and their value tanked. Even Saquon's value tanked. Like people coming into this year were so out on Saquon, and here he is back in full form it takes time for those things to happen but the point being is like these injuries happen and it takes two years to get back sometimes and so if i can take kenneth walker and get out i'm done like travis Etienne, travis Etienne, like he had 14 carries this past weekend yes he did he, he was very efficient with those carries he's all the way up to what running back five right now what fickle fickle bunch I'm selling that, man. I'm selling Sell it. Sell it. Get get another running back in the producing 8 to 12 range and pick up value. Just pick up capital. It's just so easy right now to get all of these guys. I think that's – I know I'm more passionate about this and more angry about this than I probably should be. But just pick these guys up 
downtier it even slightly because people are over the moon hyped about them. And you can just pick up free seconds, free thirds, and yes. they're the same guy. Yes. And I think that's like the overrated thing in Dynasty is we get so hung up on who is producing for us right now. Who is that guy that like we think is young and is going to be the next Jonathan Taylor, the next RB1, or the next you know Justin Jefferson? And it's like those guys are unicorns, man. Like Jonathan Taylor is a little different. But like you know, Jets is a, is a is a unicorn. Running backs are going to be a dime a dozen. Like we talk about it all the time. There's a sixty percent running back one turnover year in and year out. So if I can still get a running back one production and get a first or and get more picks like i'm doing it 10 out of 10 times because if something does happen i have capital to improve my team or i can accumulate a bunch of capital and still improve my team and still have a young or just still have a talented fantasy juggernaut man i just i just want to lay out like the perfect storm scenario this obviously isn't going to happen but going into the offseason, you take George Pickens hype. Preseason, flip it into Amon Ra. Gain capital. You take Amon Ra. You see his two weeks. Like, hey, probably not sustainable what he's doing right now. Let me go flip it into another young wide receiver. Let me go flip it into Garrett Wilson. Oh, wow. Garrett Wilson's the next big thing. Pick up more capital. Take Garrett Wilson. Flip it into Chris Olave. Now, Chris Olave is the next big thing. Like, I could pick up probably five, four, four seconds in the span of seven weeks if I made that play. Now, I know that that's perfect storm. We can't see the future. We can't go back like that. But man, that's the type of stuff that's able to be done out there. If you're able to, like, even if you pick up just two of those. And, and the trade window aspect of, of this all is when these guys are sky high like this, you have to take advantage of the value. They will not be there forever. It is not like they are just like, Oh, well, look at that. Kenneth Walker, RB three. Like he's going to stay there forever. Olave wide receiver seven. It's because they're playing well, right? Like perfect yeah. world. They, they never stop producing for you, right? They never have a down week. They Cooper cup it all year long. <laughs> like, <laughs> Those types of things just don't happen all the time. You will have buy windows again. You have to stop looking at these players and saying, hey, this is the next cornerstone piece of my dynasty team. I'm never selling this guy. If that is how you dynasty, you are going to find yourself between a rock and a hard place sooner than you realize. And and that's it. It's It's the hit rate with these guys. Like... We just listed off five guys. Not all of them are going to turn into Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Jamar Chase. They're not going to. Yep. Probably three of three of the five of them are going to turn into not as bad, but close to like Elijah Moore by next year. Like they're going to turn into their. You know, three of them can be Rashad Bateman. I'm not excited to own Rashad Bateman all that much right now. Like. Man, it's just a bunch of guys that stay in the same range. And if you can just flip through it, 
you have such an immense opportunity to gain capital. I mean, does anyone even know who Traylon Burks is anymore? <laughs> no. Like that's the thing is like it's just there's there's windows for these players to buy and to sell. And I feel like we too often get caught in the moment of not realizing that this is a sell window where we can maximize the player value we have. And if you want to buy back in later, you can and you can still make a profit off of it. It may not be the same league, but like the the bottom line is you will have opportunities to buy back into these players. Yeah, that's that's just where it is. That, that's all it is. Um, was very excited to talk through this one because I've been I've been on this one for a while. This has been close and dear to my heart. Glad that you were here yeah, with me through this one. It. Talk through it. I think hopefully some people can take away if if you have the other opinion, like please let me know because I'm struggling yeah. with it internally. <laughs> so I really, like, I really love this topic right now. I think this is one of like the, this is one of like my most, I try to do, I'm trying to implement this in every one of my leagues right now. This is what I'm trying to do. So yeah, a lot of before this, I can't even remember that we were talking about all these guys that were hurt in these trades and pivots at this point anymore. So man, uh, I know we ran a bit over on this one compared to what we normally do and uh, Chase wrap us out here. Well, I, I want to thank you all again for joining us here. Please like, subscribe, find us on Twitter, add us, let us know what questions you have, what topics you want us to be doing podcasts on or YouTube videos on because we are here for you to help you win your Dynasty Leagues. Thank you again for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room.